This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, November 29th, and today we will be looking at some key fantasy takeaways from a very long holiday weekend. We will discuss the fallout from the knee injury to John ja Morant, some waiver wire pickups to consider at the start of the week, and much more on this episode as I'm joined, as always on Mondays, by Steve Alexander. Steve, first things first, how was the holiday? And more importantly, how did the round of golf go where you predicted you would shoot an 86? The round of golf went very poorly. Despite, despite the best putter that money can buy. I cannot putt. I, I three putted, I think the first seven or eight greens in a row. Man. That was pretty rough. Had a had a little spill on Thursday night, late, playing a little competitive ping pong downstairs on the hardwoods. Wow. Uh, do not wear slippers when you're playing ping pong and when you're trying to beat somebody who's who's kind of good. In fact, it was it was my neighbor Jacob. You remember, you all remember my neighbor Jacob. Of course. Yeah, I was playing against him. Yes. I, I went to put one away on him, and my feet just went out from under me, and I, it was it was not pretty. But I survived it. Wow. So you're like a swing and a forehand. I assume you're a righty. You're coming around. I was like backing up on it. Okay. And then went full, and then... So the feet, feet went, went out. Went. What took the brunt of that fall? What what body part bore the... It's, a, it's tough to say whether it was my ribs or my knees. Yes. <laughs> It was a lot. My, my daughter, like everybody was laughing and my daughter was standing over me going, do not laugh. He's old. This isn't funny because it, it was it was it, it was a pretty substantial, substantial fall. Like a loud impact. Yeah. Like full body. Like it just. Yeah. It was, and there's some girth. I, I carry some girth with me, Matt. I don't know if you know that, but it was a hard fall. But I got up. Matt and I kept playing and I I didn't lose a game after that I need about a 10 minute little little break and then I, I just dominated I like you said it's hard to tell whether it's the ribs or the knees as if like you know at a certain age those those parts of the body just blend together it's just one one nerve ending there between the ribs and the knees well both both of my knees are pretty pretty bruised up and then my I've got a you know somewhere some some sort of rib contusion going on but you know, I came out of it able to walk and still compete, continue to beat people at, at ping pong. So I think I, I, think I won. I, I wanted to comment on you said a very long Thanksgiving weekend. It was very long. Yes. Like on Saturday afternoon, my wife and I were driving around. I'm, I was like, I feel like it's been Saturday now for over a week. Yeah. And what a Saturday it was. But by the way, I didn't know that you dabbled in ping pong because I'm, I'm known to get out there and whale a few myself. Yeah, I don't I don't play around on the ping pong. Yeah, I, I don't consider myself one to want to mess around on the ping pong pitch either. So one of these days But I don't play very often. I haven't no. played I haven't we hadn't busted the table out in more than a year. Like it's just been sitting in the corner of the family room. It's the best. But by the way, speaking of 
quickly before we get to basketball, and we are going to get to injuries, but speaking of injuries that happened to us, you fell, hit the hit the hardwoods. I have a yearly tradition with some friends here where we play a touch football game the day after Thanksgiving. Now, this game got canceled in 2020. It came back this past Friday. I got out there and played, and truly, like, I, I managed not to actually get injured on the field. Like, one guy, the first route someone ran, the first play dude dude i was guarding pulls up like quad out his quad was just done like pulled his quad first play running a hard pass route i didn't get injured on the field but truly my hamstrings have not recovered i have like injuries that i didn't even know i sustained at the time like i have a horrible charlie horse on my leg i don't even remember getting it you know it's just man touch football too by the way not not even like anything that intense but but the hammies are going to be it's going to be a minute for these hammies yeah and using the using the ping pong muscles that i hadn't used in over a year like i was because yeah. i don't spend a lot of time in the gym matt i don't know if you knew that uh i had a sense when i play a game of ping pong like for the first time in a year we're, we're using muscles that never get used so oh yeah the, the, my calves in pretty bad shape for the last three days. Like walking was a little bit of a struggle. So there were there were non-fall related injuries to the fall. Oh, injuries. for sure. Oh yeah, like a lot. Just like touch football. Well, from our injuries, it is a long leap, but it's a leap we're going to make to Memphis, where That's there was some scary segue. stuff. Scary stuff for fantasy managers over the weekend as John Morant injured his knee. Fortunately, the relief here is that it's being called a left knee sprain. I think a lot of people thought. It could be worse when it happened. Now, Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins said Sunday, and this is per per reporter Evan Barnes of the Commercial Appeal, that John Moran is expected to miss a few weeks. Steve, obviously, first things first, some huge relief there because, as I said, this looked like it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, for sure. Like if the when you get those initial reports from Woj and whatnot, you're like, mm, let's hope this isn't a a season ender. And I think there was some concern that it might be for Josh. So. The fact that it's only going to be a few weeks is is great news. But on the other hand, you know, when those of us who had Ja on our team last year, those few weeks were a painful several weeks early in the season. And I think it was an ankle last year. So yeah, that that just means there's opportunity for other guys, right? Yes. And I think the pickup that many fantasy managers have already made is Tyus Jones. As we sit down on Monday, he's 27% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Now, Tyus Jones has been, I would say, good, not great as a starter. In nine starts last year, he averaged around nine points, 6.6 dimes, 1.9 steals, and 0.83. So, I mean, you love the steals and the dimes, and it's almost reminiscent to me of like TJ McConnell's fantasy blueprint, really. It's kind of like Tyus Jones becomes a good version of TJ McConnell as long as John Morant is out. Do you buy that comparison? Yeah, I think he might be a little bit better. Like, if you look at the the Kings game, which was the last game they played, Tyus Jones only played 24 minutes in that game, but it was a blowout, and everybody blowout. everybody only played 24 minutes or less. So Tyus Jones actually had the second highest minutes on the team behind Desmond Bain, who I who I think is a strong pickup right now as well. And then, you you know, DeAnthony mm-hmm. Melton is going to come into, into play here also. Yeah. With Melton, I mean, I do think we have to watch Melton's minutes because he only played 18 minutes in that last game. Does Taylor Jenkins, now Melton was getting a lot of minutes early in the year, 
when Dylan Brooks was out, but how is this going to impact Melton's minutes is an open question to me. If at all, does Taylor Jenkins really want to give Melton minutes in the you know mid to upper 20s, or is he happier giving Melton that 18 to 20-minute role? Remains to be seen, I think, Steve. I don't know if you have a lean on that. Yeah, but I think I think Melton is worth a look now. Now, Melton was kind of being dropped in a lot mm-hmm. of places, rightfully so, I think, because he wasn't getting minutes when Ja was there. But, I mean, they need guards. They, they really don't have a big supply of guards on this team without Ja. So I think, I, I think if I was picking guys up today in order, I think I would go Desmond Bain and Tyus Jones than DeAnthony Melton. But Bain's probably already gone in most leagues. I would think so. I would think so. Yeah, that makes sense. I do have Jones ahead of Melton as well, but I do think if Melton is sitting out there, he he is definitely worth considering too. Now, meanwhile, news has come down that I think we were basically expecting at this point, but we were kind of just waiting for the confirmation on it. Michael Porter Jr. is having back surgery, and there's the jersey is on today. Did you put that on after the news, Steve? Yep. Yeah. According to Shams Charania, the expectation is he will miss the remainder of this season. So at this point, Steve, we talked about this last week. It's kind of like the bed is already made there in Denver. I mean, there's not suddenly, there's not a Tyus Jones to go get. We talked about Jeff Jeff Green's relatively low ceiling. So what is there really to do here? Nothing, right? Nothing. I mean, you just do, just, you just keep on keeping on. You just put on your jersey and suck and uh, wonder what went wrong. How how <laughs> suck it down. Put on your jersey and wonder wonder where it all went wrong. Uh, it's pretty. It's sad, painful. Man. In one of it's sad. Uh, it's brutal. I in the the NBC Sports Edge Company League, which is a four, went to fourteen teams this year. He was my third rounder, and that's really that's gonna maybe ruin me in that league. When a, a league that deep. It's hard to come back from losing your third round pick this early. How'd you get him in the third round? You'll have to double check. I don't know. It was somewhere in the. Did I make that up? Mm, I I just that seems. Someone's gonna have to check me on that I one. I mean, if if I was, I'm I'm looking at if I was in that draft room, uh, he was your second round pick, Matthew. Oh, even worse. <laughs> I knew it was it was worse than I thought. He was the eighth pick oh. of the second round painful so like 22 or 23 or something like that yeah ah something like that That really hurts i'm upset ryan 22 ryan canals ryan canals mopped the floor with me last week in that league i gotta i gotta pick myself up and get get back get get myself pulled back together meanwhile though steve and and this actually connects right to back injuries according to adrian wodnarowski the bucks have signed demarcus cousins to a one-year deal and i think to me, this maybe says more potentially about what's going on with Brooke Lopez's back than standalone value for Boogie. And my instinct is it's it's not like I'm running to pick up Boogie anywhere. What was your reaction to seeing this news? Literally, I went, huh, and then put my phone back down and went right back to what I was doing. Because, <laughs> you know, I get alerts. Like when Woj or Shams drops a bomb i immediately find out about it from my right. phone your alarm clock goes off yeah yeah the ringtone goes off but i <laughs> i don't want to get i'm not i can't do like our guy mike gallagher mike mike gallagher used to get tweet twitter notifications on his phone from like over a hundred writers so his phone had an alert like every 30 seconds of every day and i, I can't do that but i do it for the big ones and and you know like if there's if there's big news like if 
if there was a bomb that Ja Morant was actually lost for the season, that's a situation where I drop my phone or and run to my computer or just get on my my league from my phone and pick a guy up. But you know, I'm not running right. anywhere to pick up Demarcus Cousins, especially with all these injuries that I have. But he's worth keeping an eye on because, like you said, Brooke Lopez. When are we going to see him again? And is this more of a sign that Brooke Lopez is not going to play anytime soon than it is Boogie's ready to contribute? Yeah, and I mean, we had recently gotten a relatively optimistic report on Brooke Lopez, but this this gives you some pause when it comes to that. And by the way, when it comes to Mike Gallagher, if you the next time someone beats him to a free agent or waiver wire pickup in a league will be the first time, as far as I know. Like I've never seen someone faster to pick up guys in a fantasy league than Gallagher. No, and it, it, it's funny because last night I I dropped Goran Dragic in our thirty team league because he's out indefinitely or whatever. Right. And then I was like, oh, I can put him on my in my injured spot, and this is a thirty team league. I've got to go get him back, and th- that league's a free for all. Like you can drop a guy, pick him up immediately. There's no waiver period. Right. And so then I'm like scrambling to go back in there. I'm like, oh my god, I know Gallagher's running to his. Fo-. He's like on his way here right now to get Dragic. I've got to hurry. And I got him back, but I'm, I know it was only by seconds, man. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I, I, I'm enjoying picturing that, the frantic look on your face as you try to get him back. It was frantic. So, was yeah, fun. I mean, the only other thing I wanted to say about this Buck Center situation is Bobby Portis has been really good. He's not a guy that we've talked about. You and I have talked about much, but for the season, 15.4 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 0.7 steals, 0.9 blocks, 2.03 pointers. That's a career high in blocks. I think it's a career high in three-pointers made. He's shooting 44.4% from distance. I mean, he's just having a really solid season, and I doubt that the arrival of Boogie Cousins could really wreck that at this point. So I think if I have Portis rostered, I'm I'm not going to overreact to this news in, in any way just yet, Steve. Yeah, I'm not either. And I, it, one thing about Portis, is it's interesting that you and I have not – I don't think we've mentioned his name one time probably since – the Bucks Hawks playoffs series last year mm-hmm. when Portis actually was, was kind of a, well, he, he disappeared at times, but he also had some big moments in the playoffs and he's a guy like I'll be setting a DFS lineup and I'll see Portis. And I'm just like, no. And I just look for somebody else, <laughs> but it, that's a, that is, that is a problem. That is a mistake by me because he's been, like you said, really good. And He's the only guy that can play center for them right now, so he sort of can't lose. Meanwhile, Joel Embiid returned from a nine-game absence and promptly dropped 42 points, 14 rebounds, three dimes, one steal, two blocks, two threes in 45 minutes. You're shaking your head, Steve. Yeah, I mean, what a performance that was. And they lost, right? Yeah, they lost to Minnesota. Yeah, right? And if you look at that box score, I don't know, man. That was a weird weird game. That was a weird one. But welcome back. Joel Embiid. The thing that stands out to me from that box score, other than Embiid's numbers, is that Tyrese Maxey played 44 minutes and still had 15 points, four rebounds, nine dimes, one block, one triple. He didn't shoot it well, but everything else there, quite encouraging for Maxey, a guy we've talked about is just kind of being in the circle of trust now for the Sixers and for fantasy managers. It just feels like we're there, and and I don't think, fingers crossed, we're going back. We are not going back because Ben Simmons is, is toasty. He is... We know that. Yeah. But yeah, Tobias Harris had a big line. Joel Embiid was awesome. Maxi 
15, four and nine, he's going to end up being one of the, one of the fantasy steals of the year. I think like the, the best value pick in your draft, he's going to be one of those guys. Danny green is back for them. Obviously, if you have shares of Andre Drummond, this is a problem. This is not good news. This Joel Embiid return. Yeah. By the way, the the Timberwolves we briefly mentioned are ten and ten, seven and three in their last ten. So that team, fun to see that team off to a good start or a solid start. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell was crazy in that game, and then you got solid performances from Edwards and and Carl Anthony Towns. Those are their big three, and that's if they start playing like the big three. And then you've got Vando kicking in 14 rebounds and a little Nas Reed off the bench. You know, maybe they can maybe they can do something here. Well, elsewhere, the Houston Rockets, Steve, have won, do my eyes deceive me, two in a row. Two in a row. They beat the Bulls last week, and then they beat the Hornets over the weekend, 146 to 143. And I want to bring this up because news broke over the weekend that via Woj that John Wall was discussing a return to play with Houston. I think a bunch of people, I certainly saw him get picked up in some of my fantasy leagues. But then we got news on Sunday via Shamstrania that Wall will continue to sit out games. So for you, Steve, is there anything at all to see here when it comes to Wall? Because to me, it certainly feels like there isn't. No. What, who, which one? They played together in Houston and in college. John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. Which one moved the needle more for you as you looked at your phone briefly? Probably Cousins, just because I think he might actually play. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to see Wall, but man, I'm. do you think that this Wall news lit a fire under Kevin Porter Jr., possibly? Because <laughs> on Saturday, he went for 23 points, eight boards, 12 assists, four turnovers, hit seven of 16 shots. Like for him, that's like game of the year. Like that is beautiful. Yeah. And the game before that, Five of 13 shooting, two threes, 14 points, six boards, nine assists, six turnovers, not great shooting, horrible turnovers, but a better, better performance than normal. You know, 20, 21 assists in his last two games with seven boards and 20 points. I hope that's here to stay. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, especially considering this is a guy that a lot of people were like, do I drop this guy? What do I do early in the season? I don't think we ever told anyone to drop him. No, but I know people did. did I know people right, did drop him. And people asked us about dropping him. Speaking of Houston and frustration, I don't know if you remember last week when your co-host said something about trying to trade a frustrating Christian Wood for Cade Cunningham. <laughs> but I I revisit that now. That trade offer got declined, my Christian Wood for Cade Cunningham. And uh, I'm, I'm really relieved because Christian Wood had a career-high 33 points on Saturday night. His last four games, he's at around 18 points per game, 12 boards, nearly four assists, 1.8 blocks, 1.3 threes, shooting 54% in the field and 75 from the line over his last four games, which is obviously a huge sign for him. His free throw shooting was just horrendous in his first 15 games. So all in all, it looks like we're starting to get back something much closer to last year's Christian Wood as opposed to the really frustrating early season version we had. You know, Matt, it's funny you said they've played two games since last Monday. He went 16, 10, and 6 with two blocks and two threes. He went 33, 16 with two blocks and two threes in those two games. When we were meeting here last Monday, that was just Mm -hmm. before he racked up two of six shooting for four points, nine boards, and one block. So I think we were talking to you a week ago. You were closer to 
I'm having a distress signal thrown up, which I guess is what you were saying. But man, that last game he had Saturday against Charlotte was was pretty awesome. And you know, that's the guy. You know, Christian Wood was sort of like my last year was my Michael Porter Jr. and and he, he got hurt. He right. struggled, struggled with consistency and stuff. So I kind of hope he fully blows it up and breaks out. All right. The Hawks lost a game to the Knicks over the weekend. They also lost Bogdan Bogdanovich to a sprained ankle. He's out at least two weeks. They also lost Cam Reddish to a sprained left wrist. That'll happen in rapid succession. All of this, Steve, we don't have to spend a lot of time here, but I think this means increased usage for Kevin Herter, obviously, and Daniil Gallinari. And I'd be sticking with Herter in particular, even though he's been quiet the last couple games. He played 30 minutes on Saturday night. I think bigger games are coming for Herter if you have him or if you consider him on the waiver wire. And I wouldn't live too much in those recent box scores. And I would just project for some better days ahead because the opportunity is going to be there for him big time. Well, Gallo got 11 shots in that game, six three-pointers. He only, he only hit two, two of 11 shots. So had he made some shots, his line would have looked a lot better. But yeah, Herder's the guy. Gallinari is the second guy. The guy you don't even want to think about touching, even even if you get an inkling that you should, is Solomon Hill. <laughs> and in in our DFS in our DFS game that I played with my buddies, Richard had Solo Solo Hill in his lineup one night, and I was like, "Hey, dude, enjoy those two points and two rebounds from Solo Hill tonight." He's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "He's he's just." That's just what he does. That's all he does. Oh, well, except for Saturday, he was zero points and four rebounds. It all evens out in the wash, right? Yeah. Classic, classic Richard right there, I would say. Classic, classic solo right there. Zero points, four rebounds, and a steal. Thanks, dude. LaMelo Ball had his second triple-double of the season on Saturday. 19 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. We had a discussion the other day where you said... He was flirting with a triple-double, I believe is what you said. Or you said before the season that he was going to flirt with a triple-double. Then you declared that he was flirting with a triple-double. I said, I don't know. Is that really the definition (laughs) of flirting with a triple-double? I'm going to say, Steve, I think you're almost there now. 19.4 points, 7.9 rebounds, 8 assists per game. I think if you can get those rebounds up over 8, he'll be at like 19, 8, and 8. And I think that's officially flirting at that point in in what world in what world is 7.9 not eight matt it just doesn't i don't know your world yeah in my world world. you're in my world now okay well your world is stupid (laughs) that's i i often think that myself but no he's at seven he's at 7.9 rebounds and and eight assists. And I think when we were talking about it last time, those numbers were both closer to seven than they, they were. They were. Eight. They were. And that's where my hesitation came in. He's getting even better. He is. And by the way, 1.9 steals, 2.73s on the season. He's number six overall on average in nine category fantasy leagues. Is there a more fun fantasy player this year than LaMelo, Steve? I'm not saying the best. I'm not saying the best. Obviously, Steph Curry would be number one on a lot of people's boards. But is there is there one more fun? especially considering where you got him in drafts. This is no joke, man. I was walking to my closet today to put my Michael Porter Jr. shirt on. And I said, man, I need, I need a better, I need a, I need something of LaMelo balls. Like I need a LaMelo ball real Jersey or a Jersey. I, I th- even thought about yeah. busting out my Bobcats sweatshirt that I was telling you about recently. Yeah. he. There is no more, player that there's no player that's more fun to watch than LaMelo and to tell you how funny is the other night 
I had the Hawks game on one of my TVs, and on the other one, I had to choose between Luca and Lamelo, and I went with Lamelo. Wow. By the way, even Lamelo's bloopers are fun. He had a breakaway the other night where he like tried to throw himself, bounced off the floor to himself for an alley oop, and just bricked the dunk spectacularly, and it was like still great theater. Well, you know, it's also interesting about this is Terry Rozier and how how well he's playing now. His his yes. his ranking is not very good i don't think it's gone way up though he's into the 60s i think after a horrible start you know he had that ankle injury but he is coming on and and it's funny that you brought him up because last week in four games 26.3 points four assists 2.8 steals 0.8 blocks 5.03 pointers he shot 51 almost 51 from the field almost 85 from the line with just one turnover truly a wow week from terry rogier it really was. He was he was amazing. And if you were rolling with him and Lamelo and DFS, you were you were killing it. And when Roth and I did our podcast last time, I don't think it was a. I think it was when Roth and I do Thursdays. I said something like, "Is Charlotte does Charlotte have one of the most dynamic and best backcourts in all of the NBA right now?" And that was when Rozier was ranked. He was like a tenth rounder, and Lamelo. His numbers were not flirting with a triple-double as much as they are now. But, man, I mean, they look really, really good. We have some more. We have some waiver wire leftovers coming up. Some, some players we didn't mention on our waiver wire podcast last week coming up in just a second. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. First, though, I want to remind you to download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick-and-roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the 76ers and Celtics, Hornets and Bucks, and Timberwolves and Wizards. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. All right, Steve, we're going to quickly, we're going to make these quick hits here. All right, you ready? In no particular order. Chris Duarte is 34% rostered in Yahoo League. Struggled some recently, but had 10 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists with 3 steals and 2 threes in 30 minutes on Sunday. I thought our most recent NBC Sports Edge blurb was kind of down on Duarte, but he had a slump. I think he's coming out of a little bit. So I kind of like him again, and I was wondering if you know how many times Indy plays this week. Three. Okay. Three times. Well, three times. 
But a lot of a lot of three game weeks this week, right? Yeah, it's mostly it's mostly threes. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight four game weeks. Everything else is three. Okay. Are you into Duarte at all at this point? So it's a it's an average week for Duarte. I have no issues with with grabbing him if he's sitting out there. But it just depends on who else who else is available in your league. Okay, well, let's say Contavious Caldwell-Pope is also available in your league over his last five games. He's at 15.6 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.4 steals, and 2.6 threes. He's on fire right now. The Wizards play a grand total of four games. Four games. So four. I think we've all things being equal, we've got KCP ahead of Duarte, and I have them both ahead of Malik Beasley, who is also 33% rostered, all these guys in the same range. He was a huge letdown on Saturday, five points and one triple in 24 minutes. The previous two games, though, he had a total of 47 points and 10 threes and has some increased potential with no Patrick Beverly around. Yeah, Pat Bev not being there is the key to that one. So, And yeah, Beasley was terrible on Saturday, so there's a decent chance he's sitting there. Like you said, before that, he was playing really well and was kind of a key contributor to that team. And he, he should continue to be without Beverly. So, Oh, how about the Pat Bev injury? We didn't talk about that, Matt. You and I have been, you and I, oh, yeah, I, that's think, right. I think the day we said, that's man, right. when he's, when he's done, you'll know he's done. Like you won't have to think about it. And then immediately. Yeah. It, it yeah. Over. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. As we said, we pre-taped our Friday episode before Thanksgiving, and we said when we pre-taped it, it's it's only a matter of time before this thing falls apart, and you will know. And lo and behold, it happened like right after we recorded that episode. And I'm not, we're not laughing or celebrating anyone's injury by any means. I think, especially not at all, since I had Patrick Beverly on two of my teams. It was just the timing of everything was interesting. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like we jinxed him either, Matt. We knew it was just a matter of time. There's facts. no such thing. There's no such thing. We can't, we're not capable of it. Marcus Morris Sr. had 13.6 rebounds, five dimes with two threes in 34 minutes on Sunday, 27% rostered, four games. Steve is holding up four fingers. So is this one doing anything for you this week, Steve, assuming Nicholas Batum is out? It actually is. It's actually doing so much for me that I contemplated for a brief 10 minutes last night, staying up until 3.30 in the morning when waivers would turn over. So I could go grab him in all my leagues. Instead, I went to bed and I've been there ever since. So he's probably gone. But when we're done here. I've been there ever since. For the, for those of you listening on the podcast, Steve is lying in bed right now doing this podcast. Actually, I'm not. If there was no video involved, I might be though. Okay. But yeah, I'm all in, I'm all in on Marcus Morris, at least until the wheels fall off. All right. Speaking of the wheels falling off, we know it's going to happen at some point for Eric Gordon, who is 18% rostered, but double digits in four of his last five games, five or more assists in three of his last five, including 22 points, seven times in four threes in that win over the Hornets on Saturday. Steve once again held up four fingers for four games. So Steve prioritizing Marcus Morris Sr. or Eric Gordon? Do you like both about the same? Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of difference between them. It's sort of like corn oil and peanut oil. Interesting. Can't really tell a difference, but I'll go with Marcus Morris. Okay. But the best news about that is that means we get four games from Christian Wood this week, which you've got to be psyched. I, I, I am excited. Steve, your guy, Campazzo, Facundo Campazzo, Benefiting lately from Bones Highland being out, it would appear, averaging 28 minutes per game over his last four all of a sudden. And during that stretch, 
He's around 12 points, 3.3 dimes, 1.8 steals, 2.8 threes, and he's 4% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. And you're now going to tell me that Denver plays how many games this week? Three games. Ah, three. Dang it. This is... That's a deep league. I kind of like this new version of the game where where I do the whole setup and then you hold up the number of fingers and then we're like, oh, only three. Too bad. Could have worked out. <laughs> it was so close. Yeah, I don't think Compazzo in a three-game week, unless you're in the you, – you've got to be in a pretty deep league to make that work. Even sure. coming from his number one supporter, you know, I'm not yeah. even jumping on that bandwagon. Wow. Wow. I never thought I'd hear you say something like that about your guy. I never, never thought my voice would crack like it just did. <laughs> okay, last one. My sister this weekend, who is in no way, shape, or form a basketball fan, texted me to report that she had spotted outside a New York hotel one JaVale McGee. Now, <laughs> she is in no way, shape, or form, as I said, a basketball fan. So, Steve, she was not trying to get an autographed pair of shoes from him. That's not why she saw him. But I bring this up because, A, it's just jarring that my sister made any sort sort of sports reference to me at all i don't know how she knew who javale mcgee was that's a mystery that we'll we'll have to forever wonder but i can answer that you think she asked someone well when you when you come into real life contact with guys who are seven feet tall yeah like you 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 can you just know yeah like even if you have no idea who javale mcgee is or you're not a basketball player like like say my mother if she was walking down the street in New York and saw JaVale yeah, McGee, she'd be, like, she'd be like, wow. She'd be like, dude, there is a seven foot two guy here. Yeah. And he clearly plays in the NBA. Right. I mean, there's how, how does he not? Right. So she just could figure it out. And then, so, then she hung around and people were like, that's JaVale McGee. And she, she get the word on the street. Right. That is how I think got. pretty accurate. But I, I also bring this up because you know how we occasionally joke about a per 36 minute fantasy league drafting players. Oh dude. His, He's 12 minutes a night, and he's like double-double. Yeah. In his last nine games, in 16 minutes a game, he's averaging around 11 points, 8 rebounds, and 1.2 blocks. He's 29% rostered in Yahoo, so people actually have picked him up in a decent amount of leagues. And, I, I mean, I think he's he's kind of playable right now, Steve. He is. I mean, it's hard. Because I look at his game log. I was like, man, do I need to pick, pick up JaVale McGee? I look at the game log. It's like 12 minutes, 13 minutes. 10 minutes, 14 minutes. And I, I just, it's really, really hard to get behind somebody who plays so few minutes, but the stats are there right now. So uh, I don't know. Maybe in my league where, maybe in my league where I'm struggling, struggling mightily, we can look yeah. at him. Actually, I guess no, that's uh, carry on. Well, no, that's it. We're at the end of the line. So it's good that we started. I was say, out I had it. I had this weird dream last night that Jared and Jonas and you all had me on your show or all had me submit. We were all supposed to submit guys we've dropped and guys we've picked up in our leagues lately. And in one league in particular, I dropped like six guys and picked six, six guys up. And you guys were all like, this is perfect. Like this is the most perfect list of ad drops we've ever seen. You've done an incredible job, Steve. <laughs> And this was a dream. So it was, of course, and like one of the guys I dropped was Sekou Dumbuya. And like, I, there's nothing smart about having him on your fantasy team, Mike. So all these, all this great stuff, great drop, all this stuff I dropped should have never been there in the first place. 
but you guys were just raving yeah. about how great my ad drop list was. We were so proud of you, and I am proud you of you really for right. dropping Doomboya. I think that was really smart. <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> Uh, alright that's going to do it for us don't forget to subscribe on Apple on Spotify wherever you listen take a second to rate and review us as well we're here Monday through Friday every week throughout the season I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live Steve thank you I will talk to you soon JPL plays three games goodbye the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.